0: Just because we talk about it on Gay Essay Radio doesn't mean that we promote it.
1: Use your own judgment. The following is a program for men aged 18 and over. This program contains adult content aimed at men who have sex with men. Listener discretion is strongly advised. The Steam Room on Gay Essay Radio, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pila Project. Hi there, and welcome to the Steam Room. If you're a man who has sex with men, then you're in the right place. If this subject offends you or does not interest you, well, then it's time to switch off. If, however, you're a guy who loves getting it on with another guy, then listen a bit closer, because in this series of programs, we talk about man-on-man sex in all its forms and how to keep healthy in the process. So, hi there. It's me again. Remember me? Oh, come on. This can't happen every time. You seriously don't remember my name? Okay, well then perhaps it's time I reintroduced myself. My name is Max. That's right, Max. Which is definitely not my real name. I mean, that's what the steam room is all about. This is a safe place where we all wear masks so that we can talk about anything and everything. And tonight, well, tonight we'll need to keep our masks on nice and tight. Because for the next three hours, we'll be covering the subject of, drum roll, please, sex clubs. Yep, you heard right. Tonight we're getting right up in the face of the world of dark rooms, glory holes, pleasure pins and all other kinds of sordid pleasures you can expect to find in the shady corners of whichever city you're in. The spaces where men let loose, get naked and get down to their kinkiest pleasures.
2: People have absolute raunchy, hot, steamy pornographic
3: raw sex. Yes, there's a lot of people that that prefer actually to go such a place. Because nowadays you take somebody home, and I'm not saying everyone is doing that, but the next morning you wake up and your jewelry
4: is gone. Simple mathematics, the more people you have sex with, particularly the more people you have unprotected sex with, the higher the, the risk. Jeez,
1: just listening to that got me in the mood. I hope you're ready to get steamy with me and join us here on The Steam Room tonight as we turn the heat up and really get things going. Are you ready? I know I am. So here we go. We spoke to some guys to find out what they really thought about this whole area.
5: There are clubs where men have sex with men. Have you heard of these and what do you think of them?
6: Um, yeah, I have heard of um, uh, clubs like, like, like online, all types of fetishes that you want. And mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit it's a read about it in the like gay publications and stuff like that.
7: If people want to partake in sex, they must do it like as the way in which they want to partake in it. Um, oh <laughs> so if uh, sex tells a thing, then like do the damn thing, right?
8: Yes, I have heard of them. Uh, I have no particular judgment towards them. Um, I think if men do want to do that, then let them do that. (laughs) I've heard of them.
9: (laughs) Yes, I've heard of it. And as my friends also know, I'm a kinky bastard, so I've never been to one of them, but I would like to go.
2: I have frequented them on a very, very regular basis. What exactly do you think happens in these clubs?
6: Oh, they, they cater for all different types of fantasies, dear. You? <laughs> <laughs> um,
7: you know, I would I would imagine that uh, consenting individuals gather together in clubs and you know explore some uh, fantasies and
8: desires that they have. Uh, but I think it's it's a it's a no strings that it feels it sounds like a no strings attached type of. Uh, um, environment where there is no obligation for you to pursue if you don't want to pursue further. And it's a safe space as well for men to just explore um, their sexual desires.
10: Well, you bash. Like, you have sex. That's
9: why it's a sex club, right? Um, exactly what it says. They have sex. They walk around naked. Some in the bathroom or some are here in front of each
2: other give a blowjob or go anal or whatever. People have absolute raunchy, hot, steamy, pornographic, raw sex. Do you think that the men have
7: safe sex in these types of clubs? I would hope so. Um, yeah, I, w- I would hope that there are condoms there. Um, you know, I think that your risk um, during sex increases with the more partners you have. and And yeah,
8: I hope that they are using protection. Fifty-fifty. I think. I think. If, if I had to go back to the conversation I had yesterday, I think some of them it depends on the financial status, and um, if some of them are willing to pay, and if you're willing to pay a larger amount, then you are entitled mm-hmm. to say I don't want it with or, or without um, protection.
10: Oh. You know, I think some, you know, some just don't and some just
9: do it. No, not at all. Because at that time, the emotions and the um, hormones are so high, you don't think of any protection. You just want to pump and go.
2: I think it depends from situation to situation. I have seen where people don't, although there are condoms available. But I once again think if there's scams and stuff involved, then the risk factor just
6: gets higher. Um, I suppose also I'll echo uh, my colleague here. Uh, probably also a uh, uh, half and half. Yeah, so.
5: Would you ever go to a sex club?
7: Um, yeah, man. I got to check it out. <laughs> okay.
10: <laughs> no. I've been to a sex club.
6: <laughs> um, well, back in the back, in the, <laughs> a few years ago, like the early 2000s, I used to go to with the clubs in the heartland and. Um, and it was like like dark rooms and stuff like that and uh, like maybe twenty twenty guys all checking each other off type of thing. <laughs> Got quite hectic in one point.
5: How often do you go to a men's only sex club? Um, probably every
6: every few weekends, I'm assuming.
5: I've been I don't know, I can count
10: the amount of <laughs> times I've been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can, I can count the amount
2: of times I've been. Well, not at the moment anymore um, since I've been in a stable relationship the last couple of years. But prior to that, I'm oh, dependent once, twice, three times, sometimes five times a week. So,
1: there you have it. That's the word on the street when it comes to sex clubs. What men who have sex with men think of the subject. So, now I'm left wondering, what does this topic mean to you? So, how about you let me know? Drop me a message on social media with your opinions. Search at GaySA Radio on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and get in touch with us using hashtag Steam Room. This is Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. My name is Max, and you're listening to The Steam Room. We're undercover as we slip into the world of sex clubs to give you the insider info. So, you may already have your interest piqued by our topic tonight. But if there are any more of you out there who feel you need a little more clarity on the subject, we're pleased to say tonight we're joined by someone who knows more to talk to us about the world of the sex clubber.
0: I'm Hendrik, this is GaySer Radio, where you are family, and I'm sitting here talking to Dani. Dani, Haman, thanks very much for joining me, Dani. A few questions around sex clubs. So the first question is, why do you think men have a need to go
3: to a sex club? You know, I found that... Um... It's not the need of going to sex clubs. It's actually a situation that was created due to the situation in this country. People used to go to open places such as uh, parks and, and public toilets and things, which became very dangerous. The police had a problem, especially at Mackey Street and at the uh, art uh, gallery at that area where you had a lot of gay bashing and that kind of thing. And then, of course, the discrimination Against guys, you know, and people used to do things in restaurant toilets and so forth and so forth. So there was a need of going to places. You've also got the situation where you've got married men and uh, they can't take, you know, someone back home and that kind of thing. They need to be sort of underground and uh, they don't want to go to a public toilet or, you know, that kind of thing. And hotels are expensive, you know, to rent a room at a Hotel for a quickie, so called, that became a problem. So there was a real need for a legitimate, by the way, situation or place where venue where they can go and do what they want to do, enjoy themselves and go. Also, there's the thing of, you know, we've got high profile people, celebrities, that kind of thing. They can't go to toilets and things in public places and so forth so they needed a a private place where they can feel secure and anonymous and uh, that is actually where the need originated for this kind of club
0: so it's then men who want to have sex with other men who don't necessarily have a venue to go to that would need somewhere to go that creates the need for such a place yes there's
3: a lot of people that that prefer actually to go such a place because nowadays you take somebody home And I'm not saying everyone is doing that, but the next morning you wake up and your jewelry is gone, your car is gone, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So people need to go to a place where it's safe.
0: So what sort of men would visit a sex club? Because obviously not all gay men would go,
3: probably. Uh, It would be a certain kind of person who would go to such a venue. We've got men all over the spectrum, married guys, you know, bisexual guys mainly, bisexual and gay guys. Uh, A lot of them are married. And we've got them from young to old. In the early days, it was very seldom that young boys came there because they felt a bit uh, scary and, you know, they were not sure about the situation. It was not as open as it is today. You know, they were still in the closet and they were also, you know, taught that being gay and doing this kind of thing, having sex with another man. Is wrong. I think the whole perspective, the whole outlook on being gay and gay life has changed a lot, especially the last few years.
0: So talk us through what, would, now without giving any secrets away about who's who and your celebrities, but, but what sort of thing happens in a sex club? What sort of sex acts? Is it just wanking or is
3: there all sorts? No, there's all sorts. You know, you have all sorts of kinky type of sex, you know, if you can call it by name, first, you know. First thing? Yes. All sorts of, of sex. People has got the most strange ways of doing sex. I've got one guy, he was asking me all the time, he liked to smell men's feet and socks, you know, that kind of thing. That's to him that is kinky. And then you've got the guys he wants to the SM guys, you know, want to whip each other. So you've got all sorts of, of, of types and methods and sorts of things that people like, fantasies they want to. To do, and we provide for all of it. Okay. So, I mean, as a first-timer, it's probably very scary to go to such a place. That is the type of question I get every day when people ask me. You know, they feel scary, they feel embarrassed, they feel... Um, uh that is an African scum. Oh yeah you know, they're they yeah. shy. They're shy. Then they shy about their body, you know, say, but I'm fat, you know, and, and so forth. But I always say to people, you know, if you're shy or scary or whatever, drink a glass of wine or two. You know, the first time it took six bottles of grasa before I put my feet in such a place, you know. <laughs> but Within two minutes, you feel comfortable because everybody is equal there. That is what's so lovely about Kandai, is that everybody is naked and everybody is equal. There's no one... This guy hasn't got Gucci on, and this guy has got jeans on kind of thing. Everyone is equal. You feel like everyone is equal. There's no Although big, we, no we
0: start judging people then on other things that we would not normally see. Yes. Is that not true?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's the other thing. At least you can see what you can get. I always say it's like a supermarket you can pick, but you don't have to pay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Danny, sex between men can be very messy and if we're talking kink and all these sort of things, it can become quite a messy affair. How yeah. does one keep the club clean and, and healthy and, and within you know, safe limits?
3: Well, I've got excellent cleaners there. While we're open, they walk around. In the beginning, it was a bit irritating especially when they go in the darkroom areas but they've got these little red lights which uh, our pilots use or used to use in the olden days when the instrument lights went off you put up this little light on your head. So they walk around with that. And people also in the beginning, they um, was a bit disturbed, especially when you're busy with someone. But they're very well trained. When they see somebody is busy, you know, doing something, they turn around, they go back a bit later. But they keep it clean and they spray disinfectant the whole time. And then, of course, every morning, every single morning, I've got a whole cleaning group that comes in and they clean that place. They overturn the mattresses, they spray disinfectant, everything. They sort of sterilize the entire premises.
0: What are some of the health risks that are associated with going to a sex club, especially on a regular basis, and maybe you're barebacking and those sort of things?
3: Well, obviously, HIV, you know, STDs, that is actually the only risk that mm-hmm. you can find it. But nowadays, you know, a few years ago when HIV was discovered, the clubs worldwide, a lot of clubs closed down because of the HIV. But with the retrovirals we have nowadays, the medicine we have nowadays, I find that people is not that worried anymore about barebacking, that kind of thing. Especially with the new programs, we've got the PrEP programs and that kind of thing. It doesn't really bother them.
0: So you're mentioning the PrEP. You obviously work very closely with Out Being in Pretoria, who um, does uh, PrEP and uh, health for men, and, and specifically men who have sex with men. How does that program work?
3: Yes. Look, what they give them, there's a few years ago, there was a medicine that came onto the market called Travada. I think awarded uh, about five, six years ago as the medicine of the century because it seals the virus. The virus could not mutate. But the new medicine seals the white blood cells as well. But besides that, the medicine that we have nowadays haven't got the side effects that the medicine used to have a few years ago. So that makes it quite... Safe. And then, of course, as far as 10 years ago, if you drank PrEP, then within 72 hours, you know, although you you, you your HIV, it still cannot be detected mm. because the virus is sealed. So, in the beginning, out, and so they, what we did was we had a big campaign going about the use of condoms, and the condoms were supplied by out and the government. And uh, we tried to promote, but the condom use of condoms, you know. But we found that as the pep medicine advanced and became more sophisticated and more safer to use, you know, less side effects, in fact, in some cases no side effects at all, people started using condoms, you know, as a cocking instead of, you know, for protection. And that is why the focus turned onto the using of PEP medicine. But the problem is, you know, you have to be tested. You have to know what your status is, and then uh, this program that we started is they test you, and then you get the medicine for free for six months. Then you do another test, and then you get medicine for the next six months. Actually, you get it. The, the program we've got going now is you get your medicine for free forever. And uh, also, when they test you, it depends on whether you're already positive or you're still negative. Then they adjust the medicine according to the medical analysis. What do they call it?
0: So you've got this program now where people who test it out and get their prep, there then get free entry into Camp David. That's
3: also in order to encourage people to do a test, we arrange with them that when they have a test, get a free entry to Camp David every time they do a test. Fantastic. Tony here from Camp David, uh, speaking to us on GaySA Radio,
1: where you are family. Thank you for joining us in the studio here on the Steam Room tonight. It's greatly appreciated. You're listening to the Steam Room on GaySA Radio where you are family. The Steam Room presents
0: Drawing the Line. Hey, guy. Dude, hey, are you going to order anything? I told you. Waiting for a friend. Okay? And I told you that if you're not going to drink, then you're going to have to wait somewhere else. It's a Friday night. There's no place for fucking floaters at the bar. Really, dude? <laughs> Whatever, bring my Anakin. Coming up then,
6: douchebag. Hello,
11: please
12: leave a message after the tone. Listen, mate. I've
13: been at this bar for almost 20 minutes. If you don't show up in 10, I'm leaving. I hope that message wasn't for me. Hey, Matt. Hi. Corona for me, please. Okay. Sorry I'm late. Dinner with the wife ran overtime. You had dinner with her right before coming here? Yeah. She knows where I am. I <laughs> still don't understand how you can get that right, Nico. Communication,
12: brother. You learn. Now, I mean, even if I told Aisle, I don't think she could get used to
13: picturing me in a place like this. I'm not sure if I can get used to it either. It's a dump. And yet, you are here in my seat having a beer. Well, it's... No, 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 no need to defend yourself. I'm glad you're having a good time. Have you made any friends yet? None I care to follow up with. It's the suit. You're gonna pull daddy issues. But no problem. You're with me? Now come upstairs. There's some people I want you to meet.
3: So... This is the famous bread. One in
13: the same. Bread, meat, Peter, and Sean. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. Is this your first time?
12: How can you tell? You wreck of it. No need to look so uncomfortable, man. Everyone upstairs is in for the joke. I'm not married anymore, but well, these two are. <laughs> I didn't even know this place existed till a few weeks ago. That's by design.
13: Have a seat. Okay. <laughs> so how did you guys all meet? I met Sean here. Peter and I did business together a while back on Echo Account. He works for them.
12: Yeah, businessman by day. Something else altogether at night. Brett, are you having a good time so far? Well, it's only been about 30 minutes, but it's okay. Not my usual scene. I'm used to... Being a family man, huh? <laughs> Well, some of us are, but this is where we let loose. Nico, have you shown him around? No, I'm not sure he's ready yet. Ready for? No bother. We'll just have Sean to show you some ropes then. Tell me, Brett, what did you come here looking for tonight? I just came to check it out, really. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Have you fucked a guy? Jeez, man. Just answer the question, Brett. (laughs) Ease up. Well, Well, I fucked around with some guys at university and before I met my wife, but not really after that. And are you gay? Gay? No, I wouldn't say gay. How old are you now? 34. Oh, good
13: age. On some night in this place, you'll be considered young meat. I see some young meat considering you right now. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. No, but no, was... no, not you. Brett, if you are wanting to test the waters, I'm sure the guy in the white shirt over there wouldn't mind showing you
8: around. Uh, not my type. And anyway, I'm not sure if I want to try Before this thing. Before you make any super declarations, let me show you around. There's a whole lot more to see. Oh, what's your name again? Sean. So, where we just were is called the courtyard. Oh. It separates the men from the babies. And up this stairs right here is where the fun happens. What's up there? Whatever you want. Your dark rooms, your glory holes, your playrooms and all that. (laughs) I've only ever seen that stuff in porn. Mm, You don't need to think in theory here. Just grab hold (gasps) and let it happen. You like that? Let go of my dick, man. You are a big boy. Let let go, man. Oh, you're not attracted to me. Your cock is telling you a different story. I mean, it's growing. Sean, come. Let me take you upstairs. Dude,
12: I don't think I... Sorry, I I have to take this. I'll meet you back up with
8: Miko. As you wish.
12: Everything okay?
11: Yeah, I'm okay. I was just going to check when you're coming
12: home. I'll be home soon. Um, The contract is just taking a bit longer than I expected.
6: What's that music?
12: It's it's just... um, The building next door is having a rooftop thing tonight. The music's been driving me crazy.
6: Oh,
13: okay, I see. Well, hurry back as soon as you can. I have some news. You do? Yeah,
12: but I'd rather not tell you over the phone. Uh, what is it? Ben, just come straight home when you're done, okay? Hey, it's all over okay? Yes, yes, don't worry. I put it a bit a while ago. Just come home.
14: I'll be back soon, my love.
12: Sit back. Okay, I'll see you soon. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Guys, uh, I think I'm going to head off for the night. Ach, no. Why? I'm sorry. I have to make a move. My wife will start worrying if I don't get home soon. Was that the phone call? Yeah. Where's that Sean guy? He hid it upstairs without you. Oh, um, tell him I said bye, I guess. Don't worry about it. Cool. I'll be off then.
13: Let me walk into your car? Ah, it's okay, man. Now, mate. Come. Thanks for the night, man. I had a good time. Are you sure about that?
12: Yeah.
13: I'm not. You seemed uncomfortable the whole time you were inside. Well, I said it before, this isn't my scene. I'm not sure about that either. Well, here's your car. Listen, dude, I came and I saw it. What more do you want? For you to be honest about it, why can't you just let yourself go? Dude, just leave it alone. No, but seriously, man. You were so excited when I told you about it the first time, even if you didn't want to admit it to yourself. And how the fuck could you know what I was thinking? Brett, it didn't take a lot for me to figure out. You're not good at hiding it. Well, seems I've been doing a pretty good job at it. I have a wife and a child. Yeah, man, so do I. That doesn't change who you are. I am who I say I am. No, you are what you are. The first day I stepped into the office, I saw where your eyes oh went. Straight God. for me. In a way that straight guys don't look at each other. Listen, bro. I'm not gay. You don't have to be to be into me. But you are into me. Nico? You are. Don't get so close Is to me. Is that Nico? why you wouldn't go upstairs with him? Nico, not now. Or why I keep catching you looking at me? What the fuck, man? It's just a kiss. I have a fucking wife. And yet, here you are, Brett. With a guy outside a CD club when you could be at home with her. Well, that's where I'm going to now. You'll be back, dude. You can't deny yourself. Fuck you, man! Fuck you! I need these by the end of the week. No problem. How are you today? Great, man. You? I'm good, eh? So, are we never going to talk about last Friday? What's there to talk about? You tell me. I don't have time for adults right now. I'm busy. No, you're not. Can you not see me? I'm your boss, and I say you're not busy. Come to my office. Do Just come, we have to talk. I'm fine with not talking. I've worked it it. Brett, we're going to talk whether you like it or not. So would you prefer it to be private or out in the open? Fine. Fuck it, man. Brett, what's going on, man? Nothing. I'm just not keen to join you and your friends again. It's not for me. Sean said you got hard when he touched your cock. Really, dude? Cock? You're not in a porno. You're at work. There we go again. With what? It's called repression. Why separate what you want from what you get? You watch those guys in pornos having the time you wish you could have, but when someone gives it to you, you just back off. I just don't get it. Listen to me. I don't have time for your shit anymore. I don't want to spend time with you and your HIV friends again. Why can't you get that? Because try as you may, Brett. I can tell what you want when you look at me.
12: I have a wife, Nico. I have a family and I'm not going to risk that just so you can get your rocks off. We both would be... I don't give a shit.
13: And I don't care what kind of sick arrangement you and your wife have. It's not... It's just not going to work for me. If your life now... Is making you go out and check out bars with me, I can guarantee you're not satisfied. Well, it's the life I goddamn chose. And I'm not going to fuck my family around just, just because I'm curious. You're more than curious. Ah, so the fuck what? I don't have time for your shit anymore. Yeah, dude. You say one thing, but your cock right now is telling a different story. If you haven't noticed, you're hard. I'm leaving.
12: Oh, <laughs> Brit! Oh, hi, Cassandra. I just heard about the baby. Congratulations. Thank you. How far long is she? Uh, about two months. I'm so glad. Congrats again. Thanks. Thank you. You all good? Oh, no. Yeah, just just one top, eh? <laughs> oh, no need to tell me.
13: <laughs>
5: uh. Cheers. Cheers.
13: Hazel's expecting. Yeah. That's big news. Congratulations! Yeah, thanks man. Is this why... Yeah, a big part of it, yes. So you'll understand that I won't be joining you again. As you wish. But Brett, don't fool yourself into thinking this will change anything. The feelings won't go away. Okay, I've got to pick up my son from soccer in half an hour and I've worked to finish. You do too. Say hi to Hazel. And tell her, good luck. Good luck to you
0: two. You're gonna need it. That was Drawing the Line, written by Arlen Banton. It featured Kevin Narain as Nico, with Dylan Park as Brett, Christmas Mocone as Peter, Quentin Cottazzo as Sean, Caitlin Baird as Hazel, Hendrik Baird as the bartender, and Anna Marie Baird as Cassandra. Direction was by Hendrik Baird and final production by Ethan Baird. This play was produced as part of the Steam Room which is brought to you by the National Department of Health's PILA project. Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Stay streaming. The STEAM Room will be right back.
1: My name is Max and you're listening to the STEAM Room here on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. The STEAM Room is brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's PILA project. So seeing as tonight we're talking about sex clubs, we thought we'd take to the streets to find out just what men who frequent
6: these spaces have to say. What type of men go there? Uh, like, like all types, all, uh, all, all desires, all sizes. So. <laughs> yeah.
7: Um, I think, you know, little more adventurous uh, men, people that, you know, have particular fantasies and desires that maybe their partners, uh, if they have partners, can't fulfill. Um, I would imagine, you know, from all classes and all backgrounds as well, uh, you just really have to, you know, have knowledge, maybe have a plug, somebody that, uh, you know, hooks you up with where it's going down, when it's going down. Um, Yeah, I can imagine a wide array of men going through.
8: Men that would like to explore their sexual um, fantasies and um, their sexual orientation as well
10: what type of men i think all men i remember this one time (laughs) um okay i don't have i don't have sex with this guy but then he was a married man and we're just having a conversation so i think all kinds of men go there
9: um well to tell you the truth i've heard of people that i thought would never
2: visit one of those clubs and they actually did so I think anybody and everybody, but mostly people who are in relationships and uh, who can't afford prostitutes. <laughs> what sort of sex do you get up to?
6: Um, ah, it's, a, uh, yeah, it's different types. Uh, I like to play with like probably like body fluids or like, uh, like <clears throat> maybe some uh, BDSM <laughs> or something like that. Um, you know, that's the
7: sex. Um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm probably amorous. Um, I am pansexual, so so you know it can range from from single, uh, one-on-one encounters to you know multiple like threesomes and orgy encounters, and you know usually it doesn't go more than like six. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
10: normal sex, it's normal.
9: <laughs> what sort of sex do I get up to? <laughs> well. When I did, <laughs> it's actually just normal stuff like in the bedroom or in the kitchen, maybe or
2: in the shower or yeah, <laughs> normal gay man to man sex. The wilder, the more on sheer. It depends on time, place, person. Do you keep safe? How do you protect yourself? Or perhaps do you bear back?
6: Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty safe, mostly. <laughs> Probably not, not, not a few years ago. Like, like I did. I wasn't really um, i said conscious but uh i didn't help h- hold myself in high, high 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 regards and stuff like that but now i have a partner so we, we basically we, we trust each other and we know how where our boundaries are and stuff like
7: that. um yeah yeah we always we always stay safe we always provide a you know a bowl of condoms um, there's always going to be lubricants and sex toys are also there and then also we put uh, um condoms onto the sex toys as well um so we yeah we try to keep as safe as possible
8: i'm i'm with one partner Uh, that's as safe as i get but we do unprotected sex
9: i always keep saying um i only bear back when i'm in a steadfast relationship and otherwise when i'm single i like to use condoms to protect myself also because some gay people are a little bit loose
2: once again it was also um, I think when I'm in a stable relationship after a while I will kind of bear back otherwise keep safe what happens if a person approaches
5: you in such a club and you just don't seem to like them
6: oh actually uh yeah, a while back probably like 2008 I was at one of the uh Uh, one of the nude places, (laughs) nude nude lounges or something. And uh, I'm there with a friend of mine from like the UK. And uh, it was like, like, we were like butt naked and stuff, walking around and he was like in a sling and stuff. (laughs) And then, um, uh, yeah, this other guy just walks up to me and starts playing with me. I don't even know who the the hell he is. And that, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I felt slightly freaked out. (laughs) But I suppose that's like, it was my fault because I I was there.
10: And I tell him that I'm not
5: interested. I'll shoot them off and finally what sort of advice would you give to somebody who comes to a sex club for the first time
6: uh do your research uh, you can go maybe on the on the on maybe if there's like a website or like a, a site something dedicated to it and yeah come prepared or maybe, maybe take a friend along for my protection
2: <laughs> always be responsible um you don't mind always want to take somebody with you but uh, just kind of make sure you're safe, you're responsible, and you enjoy yourself.
7: Um, I don't think you need to you know, rush into anything. You can go through, you can watch, see what you like, see what you don't like, see if you feel comfortable. Um, yeah, yeah, don't feel pressured into anything as well. And then maybe if, if you want to, if, uh, as long as all is consensual, uh, do what you
8: got to do. I think learn the environment first, don't just jump into it. Um, See what's going on there and see if it's something that you're comfortable with. I think comfortability is the first thing that you have to, um, you know, put up front before you actually engage in anything. Um, Have the knowledge about it and be safe.
10: Um, I told them to just have fun. You know what? Feast your eyes. There's a lot of candy. Um, You know, grab all the sweets that you can.
9: (laughs) For the first time, well, in my point of view I would say, enjoy every inch of it, <laughs> but just keep it safe, you know, don't, if you go and you enjoy it, just, in Afrikaans they say voor so just keep it safe. Thank yeah. Thank you. It's
1: always great to hear straight from the horse's mouth, don't you think? I mean, one thing that really surprises me is how often I can relate to the answers here. If that's the case for you, we hope you're starting to feel like family. If not, well then keep listening. Getting all this underground info is what GaySA Radio is here for. So in the studio with us tonight, we have a professional in the field to answer a few questions. Welcome to the Steam Room.
6: Gay so Radio, you your family and turn to Jean now. Let's talk about sex
14: clubs. Why do you think there's a need for men to have sex in spaces like these clubs? So again, If I can give a historic perspective, I I do think it emerges from the fact that so much of um, same-sex sexuality was hidden, was taboo, and happened in, in secret. And the way that sex was organized in the gay community then would have those roots. And of course, sex clubs and the propensity to use them is something that has grown from a gay subculture and it's become part of a a mainstream or alternative uh, or a kink culture as well. So definitely it's not men who have sex with men only that, that would use sex clubs nowadays. And historically, it would have had this thing that, that indeed it was uh, done under the radar and in secret. Nowadays, it's done as a, uh, as a commercialization and a way where people could uh, find what they're looking for in spaces that are organized in accordance. So, of course, if you think of a uh, consumerism, that would make perfect sense that it makes it easy because you know who you're going to meet that is like-minded people and it's done in a context that's, that's geared for it.
6: So what kind of men visit these, specifically the gay sex clubs?
14: Not that I've read anything related for a long time. But if I sort of tap into what I understand and know of the context, I think it could be a very wide variety of clientele. And it could be from someone who comes from a rural context, uh, where there's no gay organised life whatsoever, where potentially they in a heterosexual relationship or marriage, and they know of these spaces and that they're organised to accommodate or allow for, for for gay sex, or sex men with sex with men, and uh, that people travel for that purpose. So it's from that side of the the spectrum to people who indeed are very liberated sexually, who do not necessarily want to be in a relationship, are not necessarily in a relationship, and uh, they know that it's sex on demand that they can get then. Then, of course, the people in the middle of that that you'll find there as well.
6: So are there any health risks associated with these kinds of venues?
14: Without wanting to generalize, because I know of sex clubs internationally that are particularly geared towards promoting health and uh, where a lot of the the health services are done in combination or with the support of LGBTI health organisations who would bring the lube, the condoms, who have those spaces to encourage people to test for sexually transmitted infections, who for that matter would have posters or other signage uh, to encourage safer sex. So indeed, a, a sex club can be a space where health promotion can happen and happen very well. But of course, there are many sex clubs where the owners, the management or the clientele would not be interested and would see that as a turnoff and where that does not happen. So I do think you find both Mm. sides. But of course, a sex club as all of the risks that are associated with where people are there to have sex. Some people would be inclined to have safer sex. Uh, some people would see it as the other person's responsibility to initiate the safer sex and won't take that responsibility on themselves. And of course, that all has to do not only with the context and the norms that are enhance that context, but also the individuals who are part of that sexual encounter.
6: But how does somebody prevent STIs and HIV when in these kinds of clubs?
14: So one would hope that management and the owners work together, collaborate with health organizations, and that they allow access of health organizations to support that kind of a culture. One would similarly hope that there are health messages that are posted or encouragement of that kind that would happen. But look in the end, whether one talks about chemistry sex, whether you talk about sex clubs or the likes, one can make it the authority's responsibility to monitor and police these things. Or you can say that we all have individual responsibilities and rights and we all should come from an informed position and then make the onus less the states to police and enforce these things. But make an internal locus of control where you encourage people to take care of their own health because they want longevity, because they care about themselves and they care about their own sexual partner and or community. And for that matter, that they support norming around health and safer sex. So they're two very different perspectives. Of course, I'm a a liberal Democrat, if I can call it myself. So of course, I think it's less government's responsibility to enforce these things. I do think it's more of individual responsibility to ask for it and manage it accordingly. But of course, I also bring into, or I factor in the fact that a lot of people do not care about their health because they are depressed. Or they feel excluded or they feel that their sexuality is problematized and they internalize that. And of course, in contexts like that, one would hope that health services are available and that people use the opportunities to reflect on their own practices and their own identity and their own longevity and manage their lives in accordance with health and health promotion.
6: Final question is, do you think these clubs are good or bad for mental health?
14: I wouldn't want to make a value judgment mm-hmm. around it in the sense that, for all the reasons I've already mentioned, I think a sex club has all of the possibilities to emphasize health and well-being, and that would include <laughs> mental health. I think sex clubs can perpetuate a context of secrecy and hiddenness and things that happen in the dark uh, and stay in the dark. And for that matter, feed on people's not feeling good about themselves. So if it's fueled by people feeling guilty about what they do and not taking the necessary precautions and where they feel out of control with what they do, I think it can be very bad for your mental health. Thank you so
1: much. Jean, Telling to us about sex clubs. That was inside info on how to keep yourself safe and anxiety free. My name is Max, and you're listening to the Steam Room here on Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. Up next, we have someone who has first-hand experience in the world of sex club. I'm Hendrik. This is Gay Radio right with our family.
0: I'm talking to Dani Hamman. Dani, you have had Camp David now for many, many years. I first went to it when it was in town. Thanks. How did it start? How did you get the idea to do this?
3: First of all, you know, I've been, before I had Camp David, I had many other clubs. I started Equisite in 1979, which lasted 16 years. I took many clubs guys, you know, members or, or gays on gate tours all over the world. And uh, I saw this this type of thing, you know, all over the world. At that stage, of course, this country was uh, still in apartheid, yes, it was forbidden. Even men having sex was forbidden, you know, uh, even dancing together was forbidden, that kind of thing. So I've always seen, right from the beginning, when I saw these things overseas, I thought, oh, this this will work uh, in South Africa, but unfortunately, it cannot be allowed or will not be allowed. Then when opportunity came in 1996 for the right premises and everything, and even after apartheid, there was still a lot of homophobia going around and so forth. But people, you know, picked up people in parks and the public places, took them home and so forth. By 2003, when we opened um, Camp David, one of the reasons was the crime in this country, the the gay bashing. I saw the need for this type of place now. And uh, I never knew there is such a place in this country. And then somebody took me to the factory in Hilbra.
0: So had the factory opened before you opened Yeah, the factory opened before
3: we opened. And when I walked in there, I said, well, this is what Pretoria needs. And everybody said to me, you're crazy. They will close you down. You know, Pretoria was still very conservative. And indeed, they did try. You know, I had a lot of problems with the police and with the churches and a lot of people. But uh, the need was there. And whenever there's a need for something, it will work. So the first venue that you were at, how was that different
0: to to where uh, Camp David has been now for the past few years?
3: The reason was the location. That location was a good location. Then the central business district was still, you know, it was near Sunnyside, it was near Qaeda, et cetera, et cetera. The east wasn't so advanced as it is today. There wasn't all these new areas here, suburbs and things. But the central business district also became very dangerous at night, kind of thing. everybody moved to the east, and that premises at that stage because I had a club there before the entertainment licenses the, the premises were zoned for entertainment etc so that is why I chose that that premises and then we moved uh, uh, to the east I was offered the premises where can it is today, and that premises was already zoned for entertainment, you know, and, and a bar area, all I needed to do was get the liquor license. So if you had to describe Camp
0: David to somebody who's never been and have no clue what we're talking about, how would you describe it? A heaven for guys. <laughs> <laughs> is it only for gays
3: okay well the heaven guys. for the gays
0: because they're all these other straight and bi men they too isn't it <laughs> the yeah. ultimate fantasy
3: yeah look you'll be surprised i've got a lot of requests from transgender people nowadays and also from gay guys or bisexual guys that are married and they actually want to bring the wife with and the wife would like to see what's going on there but unfortunately we cannot allow that but uh you know It is cheap. You don't need to pay a 1,000 or 2,000 rand for a hotel room. You can quick in, quick out. You can even pick up somebody at another bar and come there and, you know, have a quick fun 15 minutes and out you go and nobody knows where you stay. Nobody knows where you are. Nobody knows nothing. It's safe. It's private and that's what it's there for.
0: How does Camp David differ from the other sex labs? You also had Sauna Boys, which is obviously a different kind of venue. Yeah but kind of sort of has the same function, does it not?
3: Yes, but I still have guys that want to wear underpants or a towel or that kind of thing. But you can't butter your bread on both sides. One person starts wearing a towel or underpants, then the others is going to feel uncomfortable. Mm. Also, there's a need for like a sauna. People like to fiddle in a steam room and in a jacuzzi and that kind of thing. You've just got that type of person that prefer that kind of environment. And, and strange enough, people think, you know, jacuzzis and steam rooms and so is cleaner environment than Camp David, but they make a mistake. Because uh, they've got no idea what people do in those jacuzzis, and even in, in in the steam rooms.
0: And of course, having all the steam and this hotness, yeah, um, yeah, the for sauna. So
3: people love. I mean, I've seen when I go on on these passenger ships, you know. It's it's quite amazing if you see what happens up there in the steam room or in the sauna up there, you know. It's quite common, five o'clock, six o'clock in the afternoon, you go in those saunas and those passenger ships in and, and that men's sauna and there's actually guys playing with each other there, you know. i not believe it, but it happens. So, I know, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> if there are men
0: together and there's a chance for them to be naked together, what are the odds that they're going to fiddle with each other? It's quite high, probably. Yeah, yeah know, that is. Men being men and all that. Yeah.
3: Dating apps, have they influenced clubs like this? Dating apps has become a problem nowadays because the picture you see on those dating apps, most cases, not the person you're actually busy dating with.
0: Or Uh, it's a picture from 10 years ago.
3: Yeah, or a (laughs) picture, (laughs) yes. That's the one thing. The other thing is there's a lot of crime involved as well with these dating things. It's dangerous, you know, to meet up with somebody somewhere where you don't know what can happen. You know, you can meet up, say, somewhere in a street or, you know, in a park area or whatever, and the next moment, then other guys jump out of the bushes onto you. And the other thing is a lot of these dating sites, you've got a lot of people that sit on the other side and they keep you busy and then they start sending me a picture of yourself and whatever and so on. But... Actually, what they're doing is what they call phone sex kind of thing, almost a sort of phone sex. They satisfy themselves, and once they've seen your photos and whatever, then the next moment they cut you off. So that kind of thing started to irritate people, and that's why people prefer to come to Camp David, where they actually meet the person and when they know it's safe. Number one, you've also got people that first like to get to know more about the person they're going to have sex with. You've got your guys who are a bit more... How shall I put it uh, no, the, uh it's mere nyesny luch or kind of people Yeah, uh, I you know, think a lot of more uh, what is the word uh you with know, Oh yes,
0: they're uh, very choosy. Uh,
3: yeah. Hmm. Kind of thing. So I've got a lot of complaints about these data. People say it's, it's a scam, you know, and, and of course it was in carte Blanche uh, last night about people being Oh, yes. They send photos the next moment you get the you know. Well, well, I'm confused.
0: But what I also saw what happens on something like Grindr is people would say, I'm at Camp David tonight. And then a few guys would sort of go, oh, okay, I'll see you there. And then something would happen there. And then later on you'd go, oh, that was you, was it? Yes. Oh. So it might be working in the other way for you
3: as well, actually. Yeah, it it does. But I get a lot of complaints Mm. about Grindr specifically. Mm. You know, people say it's, it's, it's a scam. And then also what, what they do is they use grinder to find out from from people that's already in the club whether there's other people. And uh, you end up, you know, sitting people sitting with cell phones the whole time at the bar. First of all, it spills the atmosphere. Number two, you don't know what that guy can do with his cell phone. He can secretly take photos of everybody else. So that is why we actually if now use our cell phones inside the club is totally forbidden. That yeah. yeah, is to protect the privacy of, of the other people there and to stop this kind of thing from, oh, no, there's only two persons here at the moment, or, mm. you yeah, know, it's just two overtakes. <laughs> and, and you've also got people that lie, you know, and they say, you know, this is beautiful boys here, or whatever, tell you stories just to get you there kind of thing. Mm. One last question.
0: Uh, Kims. It seems like a lot of people are using all sorts of drugs to enhance the sexual experience. Do you find that happens at Camp David?
3: Of course, we try to stop that by all means in every way possible. You cannot always stop it. Even the meetings I have with the police every now and again, it's got to be controlled. But the biggest problem we have is, is people that use it outside in their car and then come inside. You can do nothing about that. But still, if we find that somebody is high or is not behaving appropriately, then we ask them to leave. We try to control that as, as, as strictly and as most effectively as possible.
0: You're talking about the police. You have a good relationship with local authority, and if something were to go wrong there, uh, you would be able to quickly get somebody to come and help if there was a crisis yes, or I'm, something.
3: I meet with the police quite often, and we actually, every time in you know Like any other crime, the ways criminals go about change all the time. The police think out something to combat it. They just think out something better. So we go along with that. I just had a meeting last week with the police again where they said to me, you know, they've got certain problems uh, which uh, they would appreciate if I have a look. And uh, that is why we've got uh, cameras now installed hidden cameras in a a parking area and that kind of thing, you know, to prevent what they call drop and go kind of thing. So we we try and then I meet with the police, you know, whenever I suspect somebody is selling drugs, then I pass the information, I get all of their registration number, you know, kind of thing, and I pass it on to the police. I work with the police since uh, for very long now, quite a few years I've been working with the police.
0: Danny, first of all, as a newbie,
3: first person
0: oh, the person who comes into the club for a very first time, what kind of experience do you think they have and, and what advice would you give them?
3: Well, some of them they they walk in and they say, What now? What do we do? And we tell them we'll they cook your clothes, leave it here, and then they want to know whether it, it's safe and that kind of thing, and say yes and so. On. Then they go to the bar and I've got my barman is quite uh, well trained, you know, they explain to people what is going on, where is the dark rooms, where is what, and so forth, and uh, how it works. So I find that usually people come in, they're very, you know, uh, wary about what's going on. Some of them stand around the while and then they ask, can we first have a peep? And I say, no, you know, people in there is not on show, you know, it's not a window shopping experience. You either go in or you, you stay out or they want to keep their clothes on for a while for a few minutes or so. Now and again, I would allow a guy to go in you know, for a minute or two uh, with his underpants on, but then he's got to come out. But mostly we say, no, if you go in, it's like throwing them into the deep water. And it'd be quite amazed how quickly people adopt. They walk in and, they, and they, the eyes go like round, you know, <laughs> wow, this, this, this looks interesting because the next thing they see all this naked guy sitting around and checking and drinking, continuing as if nothing in the world is, uh, is wrong, you know, and they hardly ev- even look around. Some of them would look at the new guy that come in and, oh, okay, here's some fresh meat <laughs> kind of thing. But, you know, you feel immediately within minutes you relax and then, you know, people usually get a drink from the bar and then they sit and they watch the situation. And uh, I tell you, it doesn't take five minutes before they off into the dark rooms to go and explore what's going on. What
0: are the do's and don'ts? Let's talk about the do's first. What What should you do when you go to camp, camp?
3: Well, uh, you know, I should say uh, you must be prepared to be touched and be sort of camped. I mean, if you don't want to do anything or don't want to have to do anything with anybody else, it's easier just push the hand away or like at the bar sort of give them a polite smile and ignore them kind of thing. You've got to be prepared and yeah, you know but people who do have a shower there but you find guys coming there you know straight from work so you use the shower you know, Then others don't i would i would say make sure that you are you know clean and uh, also you know some guys do not bother to you shall i put it you know wash the anuses or whatever that's why we've got the the, the douches thing to clean that and then you know there's nothing really further that uh, you must be prepared for because we provide lubrication, we provide lubricant, condoms, you know, all that kind of thing. That's basically all.
0: So, but you should come prepared to have some sex or
3: at least a wank or something. Yeah, well, everybody are prepared for that anyway. I mean, otherwise, what would you be doing? There, you oh? I mean, you're coming for that. That's what you're coming for. So here he
0: comes, his fresh meat, and then an old buck like me would bounce on him, what you say there is kind of a sexual democracy you can say no to somebody
3: no you can like i say you just be kind you know and sort of your body language and or whatever you say you you can just say to the go sorry i first want to have a drink you know be polite and that kind of thing you don't want to touch somebody or don't want to have something to do with somebody just sort of you know give them the impression with your body language or Telling him, listen, you know, I'm waiting for somebody else. Not interested. Of course, you know, you will find that if you go into the very dark areas where you can hardly see anything, what you feel and what you see in the light is two different things. You'll be you'll be surprised because people, you know, they go and they feel around there in the dark, you know, whatever. And then when they come out sometimes in the, where the light is and they see what they've been playing with, they get the shock of their lives or the surprise of their lives, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Isn't it the same with the glory holes where <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's very anonymous there? You know? Yes, very yeah. So
3: do you have shows? Do you have performances there? We did have dances, naked dances, which even did uh, live shows there. But uh, I find it very, very difficult nowadays to get guys to do it or prepare to do it. I've got dances now and again, but unfortunately, most of them, Come there with the idea they're gonna use my premises for their own personal advantages by handing out the numbers and tell guys listen phone me afterwards for a private session and so on. That is not allowed. You know, one thing is very important, which people must understand, that we are not a brothel. You're not allowed to pay for sex or receive money for sex as prostitution. So it's very difficult to find people that uh, understand that, that want to dance there, you know. But uh, we do, If we, sometimes guys get in a jolly mood and they go on the stage and they dance on the pole and we do body shots, they climb on the counter and we throw the key over them, you know, we do body shots. That happens quite often. But I wish I could get more guys that can dance like I had. I've got a lot of guys that can do it, actually, you know, especially black guys and so forth. But transport is the problem. Most of them don't have transport, especially at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, I would definitely do shows, but, you know, like drag shows, that kind of thing, that doesn't go off at that place because that's not what people are there for. That is what you have your other clubs for. So you're
0: yeah. talking about prostitution. The other thing I know many years ago also, the police raided Camp David and said they were looking for kiddie porn and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously an age restriction and um, only for yeah. adults.
3: Yeah, we had the restriction of 19, but nowadays the laws have changed, so we allow 18. You're not allowed to sell liquor under, to somebody under 18 in anyway. So uh, the age restriction is 18. The porn, that is why we've got the membership system. When you enter the club, you sign the membership memo, and there's the terms and conditions against the wall. That terms and conditions specifically state that you're not allowed to receive money or pay money for sex, and you're not allowed to use drugs. And uh, all that kind of thing. And uh, that porn will not offend you and other people will not offend you. That is why it is actually a private club. What happens in there is more or less the same as what happens in your house. It's got nothing to do with the person outside in the street.
0: And just from the business perspective, obviously, it costs money to run a place like that, to keep it clean, staff, all those sort of things. But um, obviously, you've been in this business for a long time, so it must mean it is profitable.
3: Yeah, it is. Although things are getting, rent are getting more expensive, you know, cleaning materials, all that kind of thing. But the reason why it's actually getting more and more profitable is because we're getting more and more people especially since that new casino opened there, there's a lot of staff that come there after the shifts, which didn't come before because of the distance. They, you know, there's another thing. We've got people from Toro North, we've got people from St. Jordan, from all over, that come to the casino and then actually they make a, the two and one kind of thing they come to the club as well, and then of course, like I say, hotels become expensive. Crime has become a big problem here. They've got the safe environment, and it's not expensive. The entry fee or the membership fee is very cheap. I mean, it's actually a bargain. So it's a question of it's getting busier and busier. That is the main reason. Fantastic.
0: That's Danny hammond from Camp David speaking to us here on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. I'm Hendrik. Keep streaming.
1: This is the Steam Room on Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. Tonight we're on air to expose the topic of sex clubs. As promised, in studio with us tonight, we're joined by yet another expert on the matter. Join me in welcoming our expert. Thanks for getting sweaty with us tonight.
5: Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. My name is Ray, and today we chat to Bruce Little from Anova Health Institute, chatting to us about sex clubs.
15: Why do you think there is a need for men to have sex with men in spaces like a sex club?
4: I think it's just a logistical issue as well. It just makes it easier. So a sex club makes is a convenient way to make sure that a certain group of men meet at a certain place at a certain time so that they can engage in group sex it's just It's just logistics really it just makes it's convenient. Um I think there's also the the thrill. You know, um, sometimes it's at somebody's house, so it'll be like a, a more intimate uh, party at somebody's house. And then everybody agrees to meet there. And there's other other clubs that involve meeting at a specific place that is used only for uh, these group group sex um, parties. I think it just it's it's a lifestyle choice. You know, some people love engaging in group sex, and many people choose to do so in Safe and uh, responsible ways that that you know are at, that doesn't necessarily have to just because you enjoy having group sex doesn't mean you have to be at severe risk um, of other ST, of things like STIs for example you can have responsible group sex so you can use condoms and water based lube you can make sure that you don't uh, you know use drugs that might put you at risk or or cause you to behave in a way that is riskier.
15: And because you just touched on STIs or HIV, um, how would somebody protect themselves from STIs and HIV in such a club?
4: So if you are HIV negative and you've been tested recently, then you can go to your local healthcare provider and find out about something called PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis and I think it costs somewhere between 300 rand and 600 rand a month. Uh, There are certain clinics that that do um, distribute it for free, but if you can afford it, I think some medical aids even cover it Uh, and you're HIV uh, negative and you want to stay HIV negative, then you can take PrEP and then, as I said, the best, best protection is condoms and lube because even if you are on PrEP, um, and even if you are t- HIV positive and you are taking your ARVs religious- religiously and you're undetectable, you are still at risk of other sexually transmitted infections like syphilis, gonorrhea, uh, chlamydia. And the thing is, is that nowadays those STIs are multi-drug resistant, mm-hmm. which me- makes them very difficult to treat. So it's not a case of like, oh, well, you know, the only STI to worry about is HIV. That's not the case anymore. Nowadays, um, because there has been an increase in promiscuity and a decrease in the use of condoms because of stigma and uh, people don't want to be judged because they want to use condoms there, there is now a prevalence of stis that are, are becoming more and more difficult to treat and you know some of the, some of these stis can escalate and can, have been linked to things like cancer uh, and other, you know, uh, and liver issues, and it, it just goes on and on. You know, certain types of hepatitis, for example, which you can get from uh, having unprotected sex, can result in, um, in worst case scenario, in in liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver, all sorts of things. So it's not just a case of oh, I need to watch out for HIV. There are other STIs that need to be considered.
15: Now, uh, with all the health risks that you just mentioned, would you say or would you rather think that it's higher uh, at these types of
4: venues? You know, it's, the case is that it, it's just this, simple mathematics, the more people you have sex with, particularly the more people you have unprotected sex with, the higher the, the risk. So if you are at a group sex party and you're having sex with two to three people, you are two to three times more likely to develop an STI than you are with just one person at a time. So that's the only reason why I would say that, yes, there, there is a higher risk of, uh, of um, contracting a sexually transmitted infection.
15: right, and uh, what sort of men would you say visit these kinds of sex uh, club venues?
4: Once again, every sort of man is likely to, and it depends on the individual, we're talking doctors, lawyers, sophisticated, intelligent, creative, fabulous, beautiful, amazing men, um, engage in all sorts of different types of sex. And I think one of the things we need to watch out for as a community is judgment and stigma. And we can't judge people and say, oh, you know, it's these gay guys who are having group sex that are causing all the STIs. That's not necessarily the case. It can be one individual sleeping with other people one-on-one that is uh, spreading STIs because that person is asymptomatic and hasn't been, treat- hasn't been tested for an STI in more than six months. So there's many different ways that we we can be irresponsible as members of our community. I don't think it's as, as simple as blaming anyone. Um, and I think it's important to be open-minded about the different ways that people choose to express their sexuality.
15: Absolutely. And do you think these clubs are good or bad for the visitors' mental health?
4: I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's up to the individual. So if you are... Uh, a happy individual and you can engage in sexual acts with, with more than two to three, four people at a time and you can still feel good about yourself afterwards and you can, and it, you know, reinforces your sense of self. And you have, you connect on an, in an intimate and meaningful way, then by all means, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Um, but once again, if you're engaging in group sex with people and afterwards you feel empty inside, you feel sad and you feel isolated, then, then maybe it's not the best thing for you. Maybe then you need to find another way to express yourself sexually. It's up to the individual. There's no easy way to say, this is good and this is bad. You need to decide for yourself, how does this make me feel? Now, and how does this make me feel in the long term?
5: Thank you so much, Bruce. That was Bruce Little from Anova Health Institute chatting to us about sex clubs. I go by the name of Ray, and this is Gay SA Radio, where you are
1: family. Well, we hope you found that segment informative and helpful as a life vest to keep your head above water. Thank you again to our expert for joining us. This is the Steam Room on Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. Now, after a show like tonight's one, a very important one I might add, you might be left wondering where to finally get the help you feel you need. If that's the case, our next segment is here to help you do just that and get on the right track.
5: Gay is here radio with you, our family. This is Ray, and today we chat to Jay van der Merva on where you can get help. Hi, Jay. How are you doing?
11: Hi, great on you.
5: Fantastic. Please tell us a little bit more about what you do.
11: Well, I am a registered nurse. I have been in the trauma field now for well number of years. And my special field of interest is HIV. So I've been involved in the HIV field since about 1992. Mm -hmm. So I have done quite a few uh, counseling courses, advanced counseling, and quite actively involved with different HIV organizations as well.
5: Right. And if people would like to um, get treated by you, where can they find you? Do you have a private practice or do you practice from a clinic? How do you? No,
11: no. At this stage, I basically, I'm affiliated with NetCare. So it is basically patients admitted in NetCare and then they will actually contact me to go and counsel the patient.
5: All right, and please share in detail uh, some of the services uh, that you uh, with NETCARE offer.
11: Well, at this stage, we basically offer, there are two, the hospital that I work with, um, there are two specialists that are HIV specialists and they do a lot of um, the HIV care, etc., for the patients. And should they feel that um, they need somebody to... come and speak to the patient they will actually call me in to go and speak to them as well
5: all right and i wanted to ask you uh for some people who sometimes might feel a bit fearful of judgment can they expect a hundred percent confidence from you
11: that is part of the um protection of information patient information Hmm. so all information that is portrayed by the patient That's basically, that's where it stays. It doesn't go anywhere else. Should there be something that is medically important, then that will be conveyed to the treating doctor and that's it.
5: All right, and just talking about uh, some of the health issues, what are some other prevalent STIs people can uh, easily spot symptoms for and how can they go about getting help?
11: Well, at this stage, um your there are quite a few different ACDs uh, at this stage, but anything that involves itchiness of the genitals, burning sensation on urination, um, pain in the lower back, discharge, things like that, which is abnormal, mm-hmm. then they should consult with a medical professional.
5: Okay, and uh, how else would you advise people to take better care of themselves and to stay safe and protected?
11: Well, at this stage, the age-old thing of condomise, water-based lubricants, um, and then choose your partners wisely and make sure that you know what is your partner's HIV status as well.
5: All Right. And um, are there some prevalent STIs that are um, in South Africa now that you see a rise in?
11: Well, there is now the new thing, which is, actually a bit frightening where there's a form of gonorrhea Mm. that is actually resistant to most of the antibiotics that are usually being used. Um, So they need to be treated with the third line or the third generation of antibiotics which is very potent stuff. Mm. And uh, that is basically our last barrier at this stage that we have. There's nothing new on the market at this stage. Well, they are busy researching, but there's nothing available as yet.
5: Okay. And generally, if people are looking for help in terms of protect, like protection and also treatment in healthcare facilities, where can they look and where can they go about finding this help?
11: Well, what they can basically do is they can actually contact the National AIDS Helpline. Um, I've got the number for you if you're interested, 0800-012-322. They will basically then guide the person to get in touch with different people that specialize or even clinics that specialize in HIV. Um, There's also another organization called the South African um, HIV Clinicians Board. Unfortunately, I do not have the number, but it's... They have got a website on 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 the internet, mm-hmm. so they can actually then go onto that site as well and see doctors that are specialised in HIV.
5: Okay, and uh, for some urgent more matters, can people also go to public clinics around their neighbourhood?
11: That's correct. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. A lot of the a lot of the um, public clinics will then actually refer them to bigger hospitals that actually has HIV. Uh, clinic or HIV treatment center.
5: Okay. Um. Thank you so much, Jay Fandor uh, Malver for chatting to me today. Uh, this is Gay SA Radio, where you are family. I go by the name of Ray, and that was Jay Fandor Malver chatting to us about where you can get help.
1: This is the steam room on Gay SA Radio, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health PILA Project. My name is Max, and we're nearly at the end of our show. And that's all from us tonight here on the Steam Room on Gay Essay Radio. Thanks for once again tuning in and getting up close and personal with me, Max, as we enjoyed yet another great night of open and honest talk. Next week on the show, well, as usual, we'll be bringing you interviews, info segments, and dramatic content as we get under the covers, or in this case, take a drag and talk about smoking. Thanks for streaming. My name is Max, and this has been the Steam Room on Gay Essay Radio,
3: where you are family.